Welcome to Afton Unplugged, a podcast by the Afton School District that highlights the people and stories that make the district great. I'm your host, Superintendent Travis Brock, and in the Afton School District, education is the most important thing we do. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Afton Unplugged podcast. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about AI or artificial intelligence. And if you are a listener to the podcast, you might have caught our first three episodes where Director of Technology Adam Jasinski joined us and we did kind of a series on artificial intelligence. We're circling back to that topic. We've got one of our classroom teachers from Rogers Middle School that's going to join us and add a little more context to how he's using it in the classroom. We have also have our Director of Technology back with us who's going to add some more context again to how this is happening um, in the Absent School District and specifically in classrooms. Uh, so without further ado, we'll go ahead and get into introductions. And uh, so, uh, Adam, you want to go first? Yeah, Adam Chesinski, Director of Technology. So in charge of all the things tech that we have, which there's a lot. Um, started this kind of journey with AI last year when ChatGPT launched, and we can talk about that a little bit. Um, been here now for going on my 11th year. Somehow I hit a decade, don't know how that happened. Um, yeah, before that, you know, did some other IT roles, a little time in the military, married two kids, one a graduate of Afton, and one that will hopefully be a graduate in about two years. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for that. Zach, you want to go next? Yep, and then I am Zach Wangler. Um, I am an eighth grade science teacher here at Rogers Middle School. This is my second year with the district, enjoying it uh, a lot. Uh, and I originally grew up in St. Louis. When I graduated high school, I decided to move out to Washington State in the Pacific Northwest. Fell in love with everything outdoors. Um, and then brought that back here, so I like enjoying some time outside with my wife. Um, no kids yet, but who knows what's going to happen in the future. Um, yeah, and really enjoy kind of merging the ideas of technology and the outdoors and that middle ground in between, too. All right. Well, thanks for that. We're glad to have you. Glad you found your way back to St. Louis. And we'll go ahead and get into maybe some details about what's going on in the school district around AI. Uh, but before we get too uh, detailed into what uh, Zach is doing in his classroom, Adam, you want to tell us just from that high-level perspective, uh, how do people need to think about AI? So kind of what is it and why has it gotten so much attention kind of here lately, especially in education? Yeah, uh, AI isn't new. Um, it's been around for a while, just in different contexts. So you've probably interacted with it in your daily life and you maybe didn't even realize it. So if you've ever been typing a text, typing an email, and there's that couple word prediction of what's typed next, yeah. that's AI, right? Um, and there's different types of AI. We're not going to get into that. Go listen to the first three episodes yes. if you want to deep dive <laughs> in it. Um, but it really gained a lot of attention uh, about this time last year with the launch of ChatGPT. So what ChatGPT is, it's, it's a chatbot. So you can go online and you can have conversations with it. And that has, has existed for a little while too, but the capabilities um, jumped tenfold mm -hmm. last year when it launched. Um, and it really got people thinking of, you know, how you can interact with this is vastly different than anything else. And the really key point is 
the text generation mm -hmm. and the things that it can just create out of the knowledge it's ingested, mm -hmm. right? That, that is the difference in what we're seeing now is the generation capabilities of these systems. Um, very powerful, you know, can do a lot. Um, and there's a lot of concerns that, that you should have when you use them too. Um, so that's really what got me started. I played with ChatGPT about three days after it launched. Didn't sleep for about two days, <laughs> thinking this is amazing. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be interesting. Um, and then started trying to introduce it to people in the district. Did a couple PD sessions on it. I think Zach attended every one I did. Um, and had more knowledge on some of it than I did. So he was already fully invested uh, when we kind of started this, this journey. All right. Well, thanks for a little bit of that background. I was actually just listening to uh, a podcast where they were interviewing, uh, I guess, one of the developers or kind of the founder of ChatGPT. And it was interesting just to hear from their perspective. Uh, as you mentioned, it was just kind of launched. Uh, there, yeah. there was no user manual or there was no, um, this is how we think you should use it in education. Uh, it was just, here it is. Here it is. Uh, Play with it and find Try it out. Yeah. And, and that was just interesting hearing that perspective of how, you know, that was intentional. And they kind of, I think, were asking whether maybe if they had a redo, would you do it again? Would you maybe put out a few disclaimers or a few, uh, I guess you'd say, at least uh, advice on how to use it. But I think to your point, it was just kind of launched. And yeah, it was just probably both of you were, were in the same boat as everyone else. You're just like, let's see what it can do. Let's test drive it. And uh, let, that's interesting. Uh, all right, Zach, tell us a little bit about um, what, how have you been using AI, maybe specifically in the classroom or before you started using it in the classroom? What was your first experience with it? Yeah, so my first experience, I just wanted it to generate some questions for uh, content that I was doing. Um, and so I was very ambiguous with my prompt. I asked it to uh, come up with some questions. I think I was doing forces in motion. So I said, please come up with some forces in motion questions purposely being very ambiguous, not knowing what it would come out with. And it generated probably about 20 questions in less than 12 seconds. Um, some were directly related to the content I was teaching. Some were for super advanced high school classes. Um, mm -hmm. Some were very basic. Um, and I learned from that experience there, from first using it, that it's really important to get uh, specific with your, with your prompt and what you want to be doing with it. Um, so kind of evolving how I use AI in the classroom, and not that I'm biased, but if you're an educator listening and you're not using AI, you are missing out on a wonderful time-saving tool. Um, I'll ask it to produce a unit plan. Um, for example, I'm about to do a genetics unit plan, and I put in that I need to have uh, 45 lessons over the next uh, about 10 weeks or so. Each lesson is 50 minutes long, and that the audience is an eighth grade science classroom. And about less than a minute, I had a week by week scheduled um, lesson plan for each day. Now granted this was, I had to tweak it a lot and I had to do a lot of editing to make it fit my curriculum and fit what I'm doing, but it was amazing. That would have taken me literally hours to do and now I have it done in 15 minutes. So moving from being the generator of what I'm doing to being the editor of what the AI produces um, is, in my opinion, a much more powerful role. Now I can use my mental uh, capacity to create authentic labs and activities and move away from the day-to-day -day specifics. Um, it's been it's been amazing, um, truly, truly amazing using that word with what it means. Yeah. And what are some of the things that you found maybe you've had to edit? So what are some of those things where it does it does take you and it takes your 
careful yeah. eye looking at to make sure that it, it is the way you think it needs to be. Yeah. If you don't look at it super closely, there are some just scientifically inaccurate data that it, it gives back. Um, it's called hallucinations in the AI world where it just kind of makes information up. <laughs> um, and you have to look through and make sure, okay, this is not factual. Um, granted, with the roughly, I'd say three or four times I've used it to make big projects, I've had to tweak maybe... I'd say five percent of what it generates. It's not a big amount that I've had to that I've had to edit. Um, yeah, and I'm sorry, I forgot the second half of the question there. I think that was just it. Just yeah. maybe some examples of how you've had to, um, you know, go back and kind of double check what what it's producing yeah. to make sure that it it fits your needs or, as you mentioned, it's accurate. Yeah, and that second half is. Uh, what I believe an eighth grader is capable of is vastly different than what an AI <laughs> thinks an eighth grader is capable of. At some points, the hour-long lesson will take an eighth grader five minutes, gotcha. and at some points, the five-minute lesson that uh, chatbot that ChatGPT produces would take me three days to teach. So, very much the educator is not becoming obsolete. If anything, yeah. the educator is becoming more important as we evolve into using AI more and more. Um, but understanding my kids and understanding what they're capable of and bridging that gap between what AI believes and what I see has definitely been been a challenge. But it's, again, time-saving and mentally mentally saving as well. Gotcha. Yeah, to, to Zach's point, that, that's one of the cautions you have to have with yeah. it is, mm-hmm. is all it's doing is trying to predict the next word. Mm-hmm. It is very good at doing that. <laughs> um, and it's very creepy when you start to play with it and realize what it can do but it also likes to just make things up. Mm -hmm. So if you say, give me a study, give me a source, if there isn't one, it might just create one out of the ether. And it might sound legitimate, so you really have to make sure that, you know, if if you're using it to that level, you're double-checking what it's spitting out at you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also hilariously bad at math. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's very bad at even, you you can (laughs) say, give me five things, and it will give you five things, maybe, and you can say, how many things did you just give me? And it'll say four. Like, it's really, really bad at math. So, so don't try to use it for any kind of advanced math purposes yet. Okay. Um, that is one thing that they're working on, for sure. But um, ChatGPT is very specific about language only. Um, and not just English language. It knows all languages, including computer languages. So it, I've used it for some code writing and just scripting just to make things easier um, for me. And I'm currently using it to help translate um, things in Infinite Campus. So, you know, we're, we're going to pay a translation service to do a good chunk of it, um, but there's some smaller things that ChatGPT is much better at translating than like Google Translate. Um, so it gets more context, it understands kind of yes. how verbiage should be made, you know, in other languages from English. So that's another way it's super useful is those translation capabilities. I've got a student that only speaks Spanish and I use ChatGPT to translate because it doesn't do word by word translations, it does interpretations of the yeah. sentence. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it understands that context of the difference between the languages. It's, it's really cool. Huh. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Anything, um, I know you mentioned, uh, Zach, that the prompt you started putting in right when it was released, very general on purpose, and now mm-hmm. you've definitely refined that. Anything that comes to mind with tips or advice for teachers that are like, I've been meaning to use it, I've been wanting to use it, maybe they are trying to take some tips out of here and then put it into use. What would you say just about 
you know, structuring a good prompt or, you know, trying to ask it the right thing so that you will get something useful out of it and, and make it as, as uh, you know, I guess you said, as efficient and effective as possible. What, what would you say about the prompts yeah. that people should be using? Adam, do you want to start with Yeah, that? I think I think the more specific you are, the better results you're going to get. So like in, in Zach's example of give me five questions, it will do that. Um, but you can say give me five questions on this specific topic for this grade level with these state standards. It knows the Missouri state standards. So it can spit that out to you as well. Um, also, it's important to note that it's conversational, right? So it's not like you interact with a Google prompt and you dump something in, you get results. It's going to spit something out, and if you don't like it, just like you would in a conversation, you can ask it to change it. Mm-hmm. So you can say, well, that is too short. Make this lesson longer. Okay. You know, give it 45 minutes, you know, six items or whatever. Um, the more specific you are, the better results you're going to get with gotcha. it, for sure. Um, and there's still some very interesting kind of unknowns with it um, because how it's trained and how it learns and how it's growing. Um, I actually just read an article that um, in December, people often do less than they normally do. <laughs> so there's this December laziness that happens, okay. right? Uh, ChatGPT has this too. Oh. So because of how it's trained and the information it has, people have found that the past month, it doesn't want to give long results. It wants to give less results. And you have to give it some very specific prompts of, you know, you have the capability to do more than this, give me more than this, and it will do that. So there's some weird human elements to it sometimes that you have to think through of, I'm not just speaking to something that's generating, it has some actual human qualities to it. Um, so that was one interesting thing I read about is the, the December laziness that it's exhibited, which was kind of mind blowing. Gotcha. I didn't really answer your prompt question, but I found it interesting. Yeah. That, you know, you, you really have to think through how you're asking it and what you're asking it to get those results. Mm-hmm. I guess it also has some shopping to do and some, right, and right. some cookies to bake <laughs> right, or something. Sure. So it's yeah. a little bit preoccupied right. during, Maybe the, the, during the holidays. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to add, Zach, on just the prompts and structuring yeah. things? Um, so I mentioned that it, what I believe an eighth grader is capable of, what ChatGPT does, um, can be different. And I have asked it, um, for example, can you do this prompt at an eighth grade level? I thought it was maybe a little bit too high rigor, so I, I, I turned it down. Can you do this prompt at a sixth grade level? And it gave me something very similar. And just curious, I asked ChatGPT, what's the difference between the sixth grade and eighth grade? And it gave me a very robust answer talking about the concepts being explained and how a sixth grader's um, child development psychologically is able to comprehend a certain amount of data versus two years later as an eighth grade. They're physiologically and mentally more able to absorb this higher content and was able to um, specifically say what was different between the two contents. Um, and even went as, as close as the vocabulary being used and said that these are sixth grade standards based on um, the ELA standard and I hadn't asked it that. So it knew sure. to discuss ELA standards with me. It was um, really cool. So the reason, the tip there is if you don't know something, ask it. Mm-hmm. ChatGPT does a really good job of explaining why it gave a certain answer. Granted, sometimes that answer might not be accurate. And again, with everything, with everything with AI, you have to double check it. But um, having it explain its own answers gave me a better idea of what ChatGPT is capable of and how I can form future questions. Really, in a nutshell, 
play around with it, there's no wrong answers. Mm-hmm. Unless yeah. it gives you the wrong answers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unless it literally does. There's no yes. wrong way to approach it. <laughs> right, yes, there we you, go. You might get, you might get some inaccurate get some, right. uh, uh, advice. Uh, I think that's a good tip that I, I think during our first couple episodes, we didn't really get into kind of the back and forth yeah. or the interaction when an individual is really trying to harness what it can produce, um, that it can be a conversation. You don't just have to rewrite the entire prompt right. and start from scratch. Mm-hmm. You can you can kind of get in that back and forth, which probably helps you refine it as opposed to starting completely over with a brand new prompt. So that, that's a, yeah, I think it, that's great advice. It's also important if, you, if you're gonna get on and go play with it, that you keep conversations separate. Otherwise it gets really confused. <laughs> so you can save your, con- like say you're having a conversation about you know writing that unit lesson on force and motion. That's one conversation. Okay. You then start another conversation if you're gonna change topics. Okay. Otherwise, it starts producing very strange results. It'll combine things and gets confused, so. it's a good tip as well. Um, anything else you wanna mention, Adam, in regards to utilization that's going on in Afton? I know we have Zach here with us. Anything else you might add in regards to how we're kind of trying to harness this tool? Yeah, so with, with kind of the generative AI that we're talking about, ChatGPT um, specifically, um, started a pilot program and really trying to get teachers to um, use it on their own just organically within the district, not adopting a specific resource or, or platform. Um, but before they, they get access to it, um, I've asked them to do a little bit of training. Um, so right now I have, I have Zach and uh, Jen Desalm at the high school that have gone through and completed those units that I've asked them to do. Um, so I've given them access to a platform called Conmigo, which is actually using ChatGPT, but it has uh, more guardrails in it than ChatGPT, and it's geared specifically for education. Uh, Zach and I just had an email about it, mm-hmm. um, and it seems to have too many guardrails in place, so it's not producing quite... Um, level of results that you would want if you're asking those, you know, give me a 45 unit lesson on X, Y, and Z. It might not necessarily do that. Um, So we're still trying to find the right platform to offer to people to use Um, because you do need to have those car rails built in. There needs to be some thought going behind what tool people are using. Um, So that's why we had this Conmigo pilot that that we're trying. Um, I do tell teachers, get on ChatGPT. It has a free version. Um, just be careful of don't put any personal information of our students or yourself on it. You know, just use it to play with and understand and yeah. until you get a grasp of it. Um, you know where it's going to go from here, I don't know. Um, every single developer under the sun is trying to come up with the AI platform. Mm-hmm. Um, Google has one called BARD. It's supposed to be integrated with Google Apps, which we use here in Afton. So who knows what that's going to look like in the next coming months. Yeah. Um, AI has moved rapidly since last year and it's changing rapidly you know week by week there are new things coming out um so we're really not at a point at least i would say to say specifically this is the ai platform we're going to use and here's how we're going to use it it's still developing um now ai is used in many other ways within the district not necessarily those generative things generating things um so ai is also really good at ingesting large amounts of information and making a decision right Uh so um, one example that we have is our filtering product it uses a, a form of ai called machine learning so it ingests all the websites all the kids are going to not across afton but across 
everyone that uses this particular product, mm -hmm. and then it makes determinations on what's safe and what's not okay. at a basic level. Um, some of our other platforms, um, Dreambox, which is, which is a math program that our elementary schools use, um, it uses some machine learning to offer you know, specific problems or courses to students. So not everyone just gets the same thing. It uses yeah. that information to kind of give them the test that, that they need. And I think that's where you're gonna see its use case more is ingesting this large um, data sets that we have on various things and kind of giving us better insight than one of us having to manually figure all that out. Gotcha. I think that's good to point out um, that I, I think that's what, when I was listening to the podcast of the founder, I felt a little bit annoyed with is just a, a lack of understanding of what educators are called to do yep. to safeguard their students, but also their teachers too. It is sort of our responsibility to safeguard that they're using products that will produce positive results. You do this, but don't do this. And so I think uh, initially out of the gate, a little bit of a misnomer that education just wanted to block it. And I, I think yeah. for certain reasons, we, we do, we are entrusted with uh, keeping, you know, things, uh, you know, in, in a productive manner for kids and teachers. But I think you've kind of outlined and obviously this podcast is showing it's not just a either block it or allow it. It's, it's really harnessing it for, uh, you know, for the betterment of our staff and our students. So. Right. With that, we're going to wrap up this episode, but Zach, anything else you want to point out or anything else come to mind that uh, either you didn't mention is happening with you in the classroom or any tips you have? Um, really just the final tip is play with it. I, I don't think, just like how cell phones have become pretty much an integrated part of society, that if you don't understand the basics, um, you are being left out of certain bubbles. I'm not saying AI is going to be the next cell phone, but we definitely want to use this as the powerful tool that it can be. So play around with it, even if it's just once or twice, uh, to at least get the basics, do it. It will be foundational. Adam, anything else on your end? Yeah, I would echo the same thing that Zach said. It's, it's not going anywhere. Um, this is the worst this technology is going to be. Um, so regardless of how you're using it today, your students will use AI. Um, they're going to use it in college. They're going to use it in their career. Regardless of what that career is, they're going to use AI in some regard. Um, so starting to wrap your head around it now when it's in its infancy, you'll be better off than you know when we're at a point where we're picking a platform and you're forced to use it. Um, so I would caution, uh, don't have your students use it yet. Um, we're not ready for that. Um, uh, no student in Afton should be logging in and using ChatGPT. Um, are they on their own? Probably. But they shouldn't at the, at the direction of the school district. It's, it's not ready for student use at, at all yet. Staff, I, I think it's fine. Uh, students, not so much. Gotcha. I think that's also a great thing to point out, kind of the purpose of this conversation, hence why we don't have any students here with us. Right. We're really trying to figure out how are the adults in the district trying to leverage AI for, uh, you know, for their benefit. Ultimately, it can ripple into the student's world in uh, more productive planning, uh, things of that nature. But that's a good, good point to, to bring up. Hence why we also don't have any students joining us right. with uh, how they're uh, putting their projects together with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, with that, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. If you ever have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can message us at info, I-N-F-O, at aftonschools.net. And Zach, Adam, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for Pleasure to be here. Soundstripe.
Thanks for listening to Afton Unplugged, a podcast by the Afton School District that highlights the people and stories that make the district great. In the Afton School District, education is the most important thing we do. We'll see you out there.